For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Judith K. Brown, a professor in the University of Arizona's School of Plant Sciences. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. Happy to be here. Judy, you've been working on a disease called swollen shoot disease that is devastating cacao trees in the Western African nation of Ghana, where a substantial fraction of the world's cocoa production comes from. Before we talk about some of the details about what you've been working on, I have to ask, are we in any danger of a chocolate shortage? <laughs> That's always the most important question in people's minds who are chocolate lovers. <laughs> uh, well, we are actually probably in the middle of a potential shortage uh, caused in part by um, this disease and, and several other diseases that have also become problematic in West Africa. Could you explain a little bit about what the disease is that you're working on? Yes. Um, the virus disease we work on is actually caused by a complex of virus species. Uh, and I'd like to say that um, Ghana is not the only country that's being affected. They happen to be, along with um, Ivory Coast, also known as Cote d'Ivoire, uh, the, the two top producers of cacao uh, in West Africa. And then there are several other countries bordering them, uh, including Nigeria, Cameroon, Togo, Sierra Leone, who are, are also um, strong producers. The main reason we have this disease, the cacao swollen shoot disease, is because cacao is native to the Amazon basin in the Americas. So it's a crop that was introduced into West Africa only about 110 years ago. What's the solution for dealing with this in Ghana? Is it even clear what the solution would be? Can you develop a tree that's resistant to it? Can you eradicate the disease? Can you eradicate the vector? Eradication is typically no longer considered a viable option for most diseases, especially when it's either an introduction of the pathogen itself or you've, you've mobilized the local pathogens to attack an introduced crop because it's a, it's a no-win situation. So um, yes, disease resistance is often the the best solution, or at least high-level tolerance. If the breeders push very hard on those virus populations and select for, for germplasm that shows high-level resistance, then the virus pushes back. And when the virus pushes back, it overcomes that resistance. What is the work that you and your group have been doing specifically on this? The first one that has really stood out when we started working on this was that so very little was known about the, the genomic variability of the viruses. Very little was understood about how to identify the different culprits, whether they were strains or species of these. this group called badenoviruses. It's a genus of plant virus called badenoviruses. So we took the strategy of collecting samples, working with our colleagues there, if you can imagine, it's 2015, and the disease has been known for over 100 years, and only seven complete genome sequences were available for viruses from all of West Africa. So we were very surprised about that. That, that tells you right there that the disease has been neglected. So we said, well, let's align those sequences and design our primers around those sequences, and then we'll systematically go through these primer pairs and ask if we can detect virus in symptomatic leaves. And what we found is, regardless of what primer pair, we were missing the virus in often 40 to 60% of the plants that showed typical symptoms. 
So we said, aha, of course, there's more to this than meets the eye. So fortunately, next generation sequencing and other other more current types of, of sequencing became available and affordable. So we just made a selection of, of samples from Ivory Coast, from Ghana, from Nigeria, and also Trinidad. There were still some symptoms in Trinidad uh, for those, as it turns out, two species that were described back in the 50s. So in a just a couple years' time, we were able to sequence the complete genomes. And now we have a larger sample size um, to study, but we still, we realize now we still only have the tip of the iceberg because in, in the course of the studies, we've identified two species in Trinidad in that, in that uh, set of samples, and in Africa, five and counting. Well, thanks for coming in, Judy. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. It's been a lot of fun. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.